As a medical professional, you're probably consumed by your work. Because of that, you likely miss out on big opportunities to protect and grow the wealth you work so hard for. Luckily, through passive real estate investing, you can place your capital in the hands of trusted syndicators who do all the legwork while you sit back and let your money work for you. Syndicators like Ascent Equity Group. Ascent Equity Group is led by three medical professionals turned full-time real estate investors who have secured a quarter of a billion dollars in assets in just three years. And their latest opportunity, Sunrise and Chandler, is open now. Sunrise and Chandler is an exciting 177-unit value-add multifamily opportunity in the affluent city of Chandler, Arizona. This Class B asset in a Class A location was secured at a significant discount and is already cash flowing out of the gate, with 89% of the units still in need of renovation. Sunrise and Chandler is close to meeting its capital raising goal and will be closing soon. So if you'd like to learn more, visit ascentequitygroup.com forward slash best deal to schedule a call. That's A-S-C-E-N-T equitygroup.com slash best deal. This opportunity is open to accredited investors only. To be in a situation where you have to make money is a very bad spot to be as an investor of anything, whether it's real estate, stocks, bonds, mutual funds. You can't be in a situation where you have to make money tomorrow. Before we get into today's episode, I want to offer you a free service and a free gift. Yes, a free gift. You're a loyal best ever listener. You deserve free gifts. And it's from our best ever partner, Secure Pay One, the landlord helper. So are you a landlord or investor who's self-managing? Well, if you're self-managing, is that the best way to scale your business? And are you fulfilled by self-managing or would you rather be doing other stuff with your time? Like, I don't know, scaling your business, scaling your portfolio, making more money, bringing more rentals, rental income coming in because you're acquiring more properties. If you want to scale, if you're not getting fulfilled by self-managing, then here comes a free service. Here comes a free gift. Linda Libatory, you know her, episode 714. I interviewed her about her best ever advice. Talked to her about her company, which is the solution to your problem, Secure Pay One, the landlord helper. They handle the phone calls. They handle the rent collections. They handle late payment reminders. They handle the lease violation notices. Everything from the text messages, reminders, all the way to collecting the ACH payments. Linda's team will help you scale your business. Whether you've got 500 units or even a handful of units, go to mylandlordhelper.com forward slash Joe. That's mylandlordhelper.com forward slash Joe. They're going to give you a free 30-minute goal strategy session. They'll give you free setup and the first 30 days free mylandlordhelper.com forward slash Joe. Again, if you are self-managing and you're not fulfilled by self-managing and you agree that there's a better way to scale your business, scale your investments, then go to mylandlordhelper.com forward slash Joe. Take Linda and her team up on their generous offer of giving you a trial and a strategy session to see if it's right for you. mylandlordhelper.com forward slash Joe. Best ever listeners, welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluffy stuff. With us today, Lee Arnold. How you doing, Lee? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for having me, Joe. Well, my pleasure. And looking forward to diving in a little bit about Lee. He is the CEO at Secured Investment Corporation and manager of the Secured Investment High Yield Fund. 
He connects investors to lenders from all over the U.S. and Canada. He's been featured as an investment strategy expert by Forbes, the Boston Globe, and a whole bunch of other publications. And he is based in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. With that being said, Lee, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on? Yeah, I started investing in real estate about 22 years ago. At that time, I was a penniless, broke grocery store bag boy making $3.90 an hour. And finding deals was easy, but for an investor, it's always about where do I get the cash? Where do I get the cash? So as I had success buying, fixing, and flipping houses, I quickly moved into the lender role where I was doing private money loans. And from there, I started traveling and doing seminars across the country, meeting a lot of real estate investors that were kind of in the same boat as I was, which is I'm finding all these great deals, but I don't have any money. And that's why, Joe, we put together our Secured Investment High Yield Fund 1 and High Yield Fund 2 so that we could lend directly to real estate investors nationwide so that they could get their start in investing or maybe take their business to the next level. Even those that are utilizing some of their own cash reserves to invest with could be leveraging that cash through our private equity fund, which would allow them to double, triple, or quadruple their current volume. Okay. So you are a lender and real estate investors come to you, they get loans, and you on the backside make profits from the loan origination and then whatever interest you make and your investors do as well who invest in the fund? Correct. Cool. So how large is the fund? To date, the funds have done over $100 million in deployed capital for our investors, and we're on track to do a billion dollars in private money loans. Holy cow. All right, $100 million in deployed capital in what? What did you say? And we're on track to do over a billion dollars in private equity loans in the next 36 months. One billion in private equity loans. But as far as $100 million, how did you define the $100 million? $100 million in deployed capital? $100 million in deployed. So we have lent out over $100 million to real estate investors across the country. And then a billion in private loans? They're all private loans. Mm-hmm. So we've lent out over $100 million so that investors could buy a house, fix it up, and sell it for a profit. So the second number, the billion, is the valuation of the properties in total, but you've lent out of pocket $100 million to get to that billion, right? Well, we've lent out $100 million and we're on track to lend an additional $1 billion. Got it. Okay. So I'm with you. So you're defining it. It's the same thing, but you're just increasing it. I'm with you. So you're at $100 million. You're going to get to a billion. Where's this money coming from? That's the best part. It's coming from private investors or other people across the country that maybe at one point were real estate investors themselves, did very well, and are now looking for more of a passive income. So private money creates a great vehicle for them because they can deploy fifty or a hundred or two hundred thousand dollars either into a private one off note where they are the lien holder lender and they're getting a check every month and we service that for them. Or if they are an accredited investor, they can come into one of our private equity funds where we essentially do all the work, it's hands off, and they get a check every 90 days. Mm. So what we do, Joe, we actually have a process within our company that we call the circle of wealth. And the circle of wealth is this. We will take anybody. So anybody who's listening right now, we can literally take that listener, teach them how to find great deals, 
give them the money to buy those great deals, give them the money to fix up those properties so that they can sell them for a profit. Do that a couple of times a year or 10 times a year. It's really however motivated they are to get to that next level. But our first tier, the first goal we have for every listener is to help them achieve $250,000 in liquid capital. I believe that most investors are missing the mark because they continually have to go back and borrow again and again and again. And let's be honest, private money, though great, it's not cheap. It's not bank financing at 4.5%. These notes are going to run 9 to 12% interest. So as quickly as we can, we want to get our clients off of private money so that they can retain and keep more of those profits for themselves. So once they get to that quarter million dollars, now our next goal is to get them to a million. And once they have a million dollars in liquid investable assets, now they become an accredited investor. Now they can start diversifying. So now they can be buying real estate, they can be buying private equity loans, or they can be investing in one of our private equity funds. So that's our process or our plan for each one of our clients. $100 million in deployed capital so far. Roughly how many accredited investors does that comprise of? Hundreds. Hundreds. So 500-ish? Our minimum investment amount is Mm $50,000. So people can invest as little as $50,000. There's no limit. So we have some investors that are coming in at $50,000, some that come in at a quarter million, some that come in at a million. There's no limit. There's a minimum, but there's no maximum. So $100 million I know with my investors, my average investor, when I remove one investor who's invested $20 because that would influence the numbers greatly, if I remove him, then my average investor invests about 126000 I believe. So let's just say you're right around there. That means you got 800 or so investors, and these are just rough numbers. How do you find 800 investors? Predominantly through our education. So as we're out putting on real estate investment seminars across the country, teaching people how to buy these types of investments and how to do it properly, inevitably in every room, 5% of the room is somebody that's recently retired, has a 401k, a self-directed IRA. They're looking to get better returns than what they've been getting in their CD or even what the stock market's been producing, which has been pretty good lately. But now there's a fear that it's going to turn and go the other direction. So they're trying to get their profits out so they can get in something safer. But in every room, there's at least 5% of that audience that's going to want a more passive investment experience. So for them, we have our one-off loans where they can invest and lend directly or private equity fund. And we've been in the education space for 15 years, and we speak to tens of thousands of people every year. So over the years, the accumulation of those relationships to where now our database is in excess of over 500,000 people. That makes sense. And the education piece... You've been doing it for 15 years. What did it start out with, and how has that education piece evolved, either content-wise or structurally with logistics, like maybe from meeting in a hotel conference room to something else now? In 2002, I was doing a lot of short sales. Now, short sales really didn't become in vogue until 2009, 2010, post-crash, where homeowners were literally upside down in their homes. They owed $300,000 on a house that was now worth one eighty. So short sales became household terminology in 8, 9, and 10. In 2002, my office was located in Salt Lake City, and we saw the Olympics come in. The Winter Olympics came in in 2002, and when they left, they sucked out about 30% of the value of that market because it had been overheated in anticipation of this three-week event. 
So when the Olympics left, we had a lot of properties that were overvalued. I was doing a lot of short sales. I literally had four or 500 clients at a time that I was in the process of negotiating short sales for them. So of course, in doing this, we were the largest short sale provider in the entire state of Utah. I was approached by a marketing company and said, hey, we put on seminars. Can you write a book and tape course on the right way to short sale, which I did. And we took that concept and started putting on events around the country. Well, that then led to short sales to foreclosures as the market heated up. Foreclosure auctions were a great opportunity. Then we went into tax lien sales, and then we went into rehabbing, teaching people how the proper way to rehab. Now we have seminars on the proper way to retail sale, uh, how to market your homes to sell them in 48 hours or less every time. So there's so much involved in the process of buying, fixing, and flipping a house successfully that there's all of these niche concepts that come up around it. And we create seminars and training programs around those niches because, as you and I both know, there are riches in niches. Mm-hmm. And our ultimate goal is to teach our clients the strategies that will allow them to find these really good deals because ultimately we want to be their preferred lender. So our education feeds our lending arm. Yeah, it all comes full cycle. You do the education, you educate people on how to do these things, and then they find deals and they borrow from you, which helps your back-end investors make money. And then eventually, if they do it long enough and they're successful, then they become accredited investors and they start investing passively and it just goes full cycle. You got it. Exactly right. Cool. And that's what we call our circle of wealth. What has been the most recent challenge that you've had as the CEO? The most recent challenge has been the market itself. When we started doing a lot of lending in the 2002 through 2008, it was me and some investors, and we were doing a couple million bucks a year. In 2010, in most areas, it had really hit rock bottom. That's when we started seeing a lot of investors coming into the marketplace, buying this real estate. And there was such a demand for private equity that we couldn't raise money fast enough. Now, fast forward seven years, there's an abundance of money. The stock market continues to close above 20,000. Investors are rich with liquidity and they are yield starved. And when investors and hedge funds and private equity is yield starved, it becomes desperate money. And desperate money will do things for 5 6 and 7% margin. So our greatest challenge as a CEO is getting our money deployed and still being able to retain earnings north of 12. So with all of this available capital, we're seeing substantial yield compression where it wasn't uncommon to get a 14 and 15% yield. Now we're excited if we get anything above 9 So that's a good message for the listener is to know if you have an opportunity that an investor could put money into, it's no longer you being beholden to the lender. I really believe that the market has flip-flopped to where now the lender is beholden to the borrower. And that's an unpopular message for Wall Street to hear, but that's true. Wall Street needs investment opportunities more than borrowers need capital. So it's a great time to be out looking for capital for larger projects, for commercial construction, for large development opportunities. Capital is cheap, and it's readily available. And on the capital is cheap part, what type of expectations do you set with the accredited investors before they've done a deal in terms of projected returns? 
Well, our fund is structured in that we give our investors a 9% preferred return, and then we split any upside. So we as fund managers are motivated to produce a greater than 9 yield because it's the only way we're going to be able to participate in any of that upside. What's the upside uh, split? So we, the upside split is 50-50. Okay. So we just finished Q1, and our investor payout was 11.3%. So the fund produced 13 and a half annualized return. Investors get nine and then we split the four. So they get 11, we keep two. And then everything above that's 50-50. Is there some sort of provision later down the road when you exit that they get paid their money back that they originally put in and then there's a split above that? No, because we pay out quarterly. So we're not sitting on any retained earnings. All earnings are paid out quarterly based on investor participation, which is really nice for a lot of people because we have a lot of investors that are literally living off of their earnings from participation in our fund, where other funds are growth or accumulation funds where they get a letter every quarter that says, hey, your account went from 100000 to 112000 Our letter is your account's still at 100000 and here's twelve grand. Great job last quarter. What would you say is your number one talent as a business person? You know, in all my years, I don't know that I've ever been asked that question. I always turn it into a core competency, and I think it's the same question. But my core competency is the ability to communicate to the least common denominator and make it understandable. And I think that that's a core competency because I started investing in real estate when I was 18 years old while attending community college. And once I flipped my first house and got that first check, I was hooked, and I decided I don't even need college. I'm just going to be a full-time real estate investor the rest of my life, and that's what I did. So I don't have the four-year degrees, the BAs. I don't have the pedigree that Wall Street wants to see with the Yales and the Harvards on the wall. I am a community college dropout turned hedge fund manager, and because of that, I can make complex things easy to understand. I would say that's probably one of my greatest strengths. What would you say, Lee, is your best real estate investing advice ever? Don't be in a hurry to buy anything. And the way that you avoid getting yourself into that situation, a lot of people do this. They say, you know what, I want to invest in real estate. I'm going to become a full-time investor, so I'm quitting my job, and I'm just going to do this. And it's like the worst thing anybody could ever do. And you hear it in a similar fashion where somebody quits the job because they want to go be a real estate agent. So they get their license and 86% of all new agents will be out of the business within six months. So to be in a situation where you have to make money is a very bad spot to be as an investor of anything, whether it's real estate, stocks, bonds, mutual funds. You can't be in a situation where you have to make money tomorrow. So my recommendation to anybody that's interested in investing is to keep your day job. Do this on the side. Begin to amass a small sum of capital that will continue to feed your investments. And I don't recommend anybody quitting job to do this full time until they've got at least two years of their current salary saved in some type of an account where they can continue to draw down whatever their current income is so that as they leave job to go do this business, there's still that consistency of income. And that's how you avoid getting into a desperate situation where you just negotiate bad deals. For a best ever listener who has some deals that they're putting together and they want to raise money from accredited investors 
what would you recommend their approach be when trying to find the investors? Well, there's so many crowdfunding places now you can go. There's Kickstarter and some others where you can go, and in a short period of time, you can raise money. Those platforms have made the process of raising money relatively easy. The problem is raising money is not the challenge. The challenge is taking raised money and getting it to produce returns. So I've seen a lot of investors that are like, you know what, I'm going to put a million-dollar fund together, and they can do it pretty quickly. I mean, I've seen people raise a million bucks in a week, first time out of the gate through Kickstarter, some of these other crowdfunding platforms. But now you've got this million dollars and the clock's ticking because your investors are now waiting for returns, and they're looking at you as, how are you going to manage my money, and how are you going to manage and lead the team that you have assembled to develop and deliver returns? And that's the part that's missed. And I'll tell you, the first time I put a fund together, I formed a simple LLC. This is back in the late 90s. I formed a simple LLC, and I allowed people to come in at a minimum of $5,000. And I spent more time managing investor expectation than I did actually investing investor capital. And what's fascinating is the lower the amount of contributed capital, the bigger the pain in the rear the investor is, which is why your minimum is fifty grand. Anybody where $5,000 is literally a lot of money, that investor is going to be a problem. And that's one of the reasons that we've never gone the crowdfunding route. We didn't want to make it available to those that were not accredited simply because they need to go cut their teeth on buying, fixing, and flipping houses successfully and buying a couple of notes and making a profit successfully. I believe that the ability to make money is learned. It is not a skill that you are born with or you inherit. It's learned. And you only learn it through doing it. Great point. You mentioned earlier the education piece has been the primary component, in addition, I'm sure, to referrals. But as far as outside people who aren't within your sphere of influence yet, the education piece doing these courses has been the primary component to help you bring in investors. How many courses do you have in this calendar year, roughly? By courses, do you mean event dates? Help me define that question. Okay, so to us, an event is either a Friday, Saturday, Sunday event at an event city throughout the country, and we hold them all over the nation. An event can also be specialty classes where people fly into our corporate office here in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, and we will put on a three-day or four-day event here Monday through Wednesday or Monday through Thursday. Either of those would be referred to as an event, and we have 47 event dates booked this year. What is the cost involved to putting on a three-day event in a city? I know it varies, but just generally, what number are you looking at? Our average cost for an event runs somewhere between thirty-five dollars and $60,000 per event, per weekend, per location. $60,000 for $60, a three-day event? Yep. Huh. Do you charge tickets? No, those are free. Those are free. Huh. Wow. And clearly you have a lifetime value of a customer identified. What is your conversion rate roughly for a three-day event where you're investing $60,000 and putting it together? We look for a four-to-one conversion. So 25% of the people who attend do something with your company? Yeah, that's about accurate. But when I say four-to-one, I'm referring to if we invest 60, we want to at least generate a quarter of a million dollars from that audience. 
Oh, okay. And $60,000, a lot of that's going to be on marketing spend. So we're spending a lot of money on radio and television and direct mail to bring awareness to that market that, hey, we are a private equity fund that wants to lend you money. Come and see us and we'll teach you how for free. So from a unique selling proposition, I know of other groups out there that are putting on a very similar event and they're charging $25,000. We're doing it for free. So 250000 is your goal for dollars invested in either on the front end to loan them the money or on the back end for a credited investor actually passively invest it, right? Correct. Okay. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Let's do it. All right. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. Are you an investor who self-manages, talks to your residents, collects checks, and handles all the day-to-day tasks? Well, there's a better way, best ever listener. And guess what? That better way is Secure Pay One. Secure Pay One, the landlord helper, will have conversations over the phone with your residents whenever there's an issue, and the residents can pay you directly. So schedule your free trial and 30-minute session today at mylandlordhelper.com forward slash Joe. That's mylandlordhelper.com forward slash Joe. Ready to enter the minds of successful entrepreneurs and millionaires? Are you ready to excel in your entrepreneurial and investing journey? The new podcast, Before the Millions, studies phenomenal entrepreneurs and their path to millions. Journey through exclusive interviews, giving you all the secrets to mimic their successes, Listen and subscribe to Before the Millions podcast at BeforeTheMillions.com. That's BeforeTheMillions.com. Best ever book you've read? How to Win Friends and Influence People. Best ever deal you've done? Converted 20 duplex lots into 40 single-family homes and made $480,000 in three weeks. Will you elaborate? Sure. I had a builder that was selling lots. He developed them as duplex lots. Duplex lots are worth less money than a single-family lot because single-family homes typically bring a higher marginal return. So I bought them, went to the city, got them rezoned to be single-family, and sold them to another builder as 40 single-family home lots. (laughs) When did you have the aha moment that you could switch them over? Do you remember having that idea? I put them under contract thinking I could do it, but I made the contract subject to inspection. And my inspection was not inspecting the dirt. That was pretty obvious. My inspection was going to the county and seeing if the zoning would allow it. And they were voting on a blanket rezone the next week. I knew that the builder didn't. Best ever way you like to give back? My wife and I have a nonprofit ministry called He's the Solution.com. It's a non-denominational Christian organization, and we have church at all of our events. So if there is an event over a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we will have church services at our event. What's a mistake you can think of on a deal that you've done? Moving too quickly. Always. Can you elaborate on how you got burned in a specific instance? You make money when you buy. You realize your investment when you sell. It was 2006. The market was crazy hot, and I swung for the fences. I started developing three 15,000-square-foot homes that were going to be ski-in, ski-out, and condominiumized on the backside of a ski resort in Utah. My post-construction appraisal was $21 million. My construction cost was $7 million, and I broke ground in February of seven and came to market July of eight. 
I should have read the market better, and I didn't. I got caught up in the same euphoria as everybody else going, okay, what's driving this thing? And I don't think that we have the same bubble presently that we did then. I know that there's a lot of talk that there's a bubble. That might be true on the stock market, but I'm not a stock guy, so I can't speak to that. But on the real estate side, I believe that the thing that's driving value and why the market remains hot is there's such a shortage of inventory because we had five years where nothing was getting built. I believe that that trend is going to continue. So where I got burned was not looking at common sense indicators that would have told me immediately that this is the bubble that can't sustain itself. Where can the best ever listeners get in touch with you or your company? KogoCapital.com is our lending arm. So you go to KogoCapital.com. If you need some capital, let us know. If you'd like to look at being one of our investors, you can inquire there. But that's the best place for them to go. We really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you for being on the show. Thanks for talking about the business model that you all have and the cyclical nature of it, where you teach people how to get deals, and then they go get deals, they lend from you, and then eventually... Hopefully, assuming things go well, they end up being investors in other people's deals down the line, and it just keeps on perpetuating itself. Then also talking about the number one talent that you mentioned, the ability to communicate to the least common denominator and make it understandable. It's important to ask that question because your team is achieving at a high level, so we'll want to know what's the CEO's strength to help propel that business and the team. That's why I asked that question. And also the deal that didn't go too well with the one you just shared and the one that did with the builder developing the duplex lots, then you got it rezoned to single family and you made, I think, a little over 400000 in three or so weeks. So thanks so much for being on the show. Hope you have a best ever day and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Joe. Ready to enter the minds of successful entrepreneurs and millionaires? Are you ready to excel in your entrepreneurial and investing journey? The new podcast, Before the Millions, studies phenomenal entrepreneurs and their path to millions. Journey through exclusive interviews, giving you all the secrets to mimic their successes. Listen and subscribe to Before the Millions podcast at beforethemillions.com. That's beforethemillions.com.